This is John W. Whitehead, author of Battlefield America, The War on the American People, bringing you a message about the state of our nation. It's election time, but Republicans and Democrats alike fear that the other party will attempt to hijack this election. President Trump is convinced that mail-in ballots are a scam, except in Florida, where it's safe to vote by mail because, as Trump says, it has a great governor. The FBI is worried about foreign hackers continuing to target and exploit vulnerabilities in the nation's electoral system, sowing distrust among the parties, the process, and the outcome. I, on the other hand, am not overly worried. After all, the voting booths have already been hijacked by a political elite comprised of Republicans and Democrats who are determined to retain power at all costs. The outcome is a foregone conclusion. The deep state will win and we the people will lose. The damage has already been done. So no, I'm not losing a night's sleep over the thought that this election might be any more rigged than it already is. And I'm not holding my breath in hopes that the winner of this year's popularity contest will save us from government surveillance, weaponized drones, militarized police, endless wars, SWAT team raids, asset forfeiture schemes, overcriminalization, profit-driven private prisons, graft and corruption, or any of the other evils that masquerade as official government business these days. You see, after years of trying to wake Americans up to the reality that there is no political savior who will save us from the police state, I've come to realize that Americans want to engage in the reassurance ritual of voting. Voters want to buy into the fantasy that when they elect a president, they're getting someone who truly represents the people rather than the deep state. In fact, in the oligarchy that is the American police state, an elite group of wealthy donors is calling the shots in cooperation with a political elite. The sad truth is that politics is a game, a joke, a hustle, a con, a distraction, a spectacle, a sport, and for many devout Americans, a religion. It's a political illusion aimed at persuading the citizenry that we are free, that our vote counts, that we actually have some control over the government when in fact it's a sophisticated ruse aimed at keeping us divided and fighting over two parties whose priorities, more often than not, are exactly the same, so that we don't join forces and do what the Declaration of Independence suggests, which is to throw the whole lot out and start over again. It's no secret that both parties support endless wars, engage in out-of-control spending, ignore the citizenry's basic rights, have no respect for the rule of law, are bought and paid for by big business, care more about their own power, and have a long record of expanding government and shrinking liberty and freedom. Most of all, both parties enjoy an intimate, incestuous history with each other and with the money elite that rule America. Despite the jabs the candidates volley at each other for the benefit of the cameras, they're a relatively chummy bunch away from the spotlight. Moreover, despite Congress's so-called political gridlock, our elected officials seem to have no trouble finding common ground when it's time to collectively kowtow to the megacorporations, lobbyists, defense contractors, and other special interest groups to whom they have pledged their true allegiance. Just consider how insidious, incestuous, and beholden to the corporate elite the various parts of the mechanism have become. Take Congress, for example. 
Perhaps the most notorious offenders and most obvious culprits in the creation of the corporate state, Congress has proven itself to be both inept and avaricious, oblivious champions of an authoritarian system that is systematically dismantling their constituents' fundamental rights. Long before they're elected, congressmen are trained to dance to the tune of their wealthy benefactors so much that they spend two-thirds of their time in office raising money. And then there's the president. What Americans want in a president and what they need are two very different things. The making of a popular president is an exercise in branding, marketing, and creating alternate realities for the consumer, that is, the citizenry, that allows them to buy into a fantasy about life in America that is utterly divorced from our increasingly grim reality. The Supreme Court is also part of the problem. The U.S. Supreme Court wants the last refuge of justice, the one governmental body really capable of rolling back the slowly emerging tyranny enveloping America, has instead become the champion of the American police state, absolving government and corporate officials of their crimes while relentlessly punishing the average American for exercising his or her rights. Like the rest of the government, the court has routinely prioritized profit, security, and convenience over the basic rights of the American people. The media figures in as well. Of course, this triumphant of total control would be completely ineffective without a propaganda machine provided by the world's largest corporations. Besides shoveling drivel down our throats at every possible moment, the so-called news agencies, which are supposed to act as bulwarks against government propaganda, have instead become the mouthpieces of the state. The pundits, which pollute our airwaves, are at best court jesters and at worst propagandists for the false reality created by the American governmental elite. Finally, we have the American people. As I make clear in my book, Battlefield America, The War on the American People, we the people now belong to a permanent government underclass in America. Our failure to remain informed about what is taking place in our government, to know and exercise our rights, to vocally protest, to demand accountability on part of our government representatives and employees, and at a minimum to care about the right and plights of our fellow Americans has been our downfall. So don't be fooled by the smear campaigns and the name-calling or drawn into their divide-and-conquer politics of hate. They're just useful tactics that have proven to engage voters and increase voter turnout while keeping the people at each other's throats. It's all a grand illusion, people. Listen to me. When it's all said and done, and in all ways that really matter, no matter who wins the upcoming election, the new boss will be the same as the old boss, and we the people will still lose, and the fight for freedom will rage on. The Rutherford Institute is doing its part to push back against the police state and make the government play by the rules of the Constitution. But we can't fight these battles alone. To join the resistance, visit our website at www.rutherford.org and check out our library of thought-provoking commentaries, legal resources, and so much more. Subscribe to our email alerts and I will send you my weekly commentary, Rutherford press alerts, and a weekly rundown of pertinent headlines and news articles to keep you apprised of the growing threats to our freedoms. And finally, if you are able, please consider making a tax-deductible donation to the Rutherford Institute by again visiting us online at www.rutherford.org or donate using PayPal. Your donation allows the Rutherford Institute to push back against the government's power grabs, corruption, and ongoing assaults on the Constitution. Together, 
we can make America free again.